I'm Brianna. I'm Sarah. And we are the, the Squad, Squad Ghouls. Ghouls. <laughs> sorry, sorry. That was great. Sorry. <laughs> but we are just a couple of creepy gals that love creepy things. We sure do. A lot of creepy things. Lots of them. Happy Black Friday. Oh, man. Why I gotta be black? Because I was told that it was the one day of the year that... Um, the retail books of stores were in the black. Oh. I don't know if that's true or not. I feel like it's probably not, but I don't know. <laughs> They're just thinking of excuses. Probably. <laughs> to, to use the term. Probably. <laughs> but it's fine. I've come to terms with it. I'm sure there's other people who have not, but it's fine. No, and after, just as a, as a PSA, for anybody who is out shopping today... Or any, I mean, any day of the year, you should be a decent person, but please, 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 please be nice to your retail workers. Yes, please. I worked retail for a long time. I used to also be one of those people. Yes. Be nice. They're yes. tired. They're trying to help you as best as they can. We know that you're trying to get that PS5 for your children. For five cents. And if they're all out, guess what? They're out, mm -hmm. and they don't, and the and the employees don't know when they're going to restock. There's not one in the back. <laughs> oh, you know what? That was actually true. I googled it, and according to the balance, that is actually why it's called Black Friday. Ah, oh. oh, I didn't know that. How about you, that? You learn something new every day. Yep. Well, I got a joke for you. Do it. Okay. Okay. It's kind of funny. I, don't, well. I hope it's funny. <laughs> Okay, what makes trick-or-treating with twin witches so challenging? Ooh, I don't know what does. You never know which witch is which. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> that is an adorable little tongue twister. I see what you did there. Uh, I chuckled a little bit when oh, I read that. Adorable. <laughs> okay, I have one for you, too. I'm ready. What monster plays tricks on Halloween? I don't know. Which one? Frankenstein. <laughs> That was cute. Oh, that's so great. That was cute. <laughs> so great. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, shall we get into our booze news? Yes. Booze news. Booze news. So, uh, searching director Anish Chad. I'm I'm gonna screw this up. <laughs> Sorry. Chaganti. Okay. Uh, okay. It's uh, the new thriller Run with Sarah Paulson. I don't know if you've seen. I like, have the big hoopla about this, but it's been on Hulu since November twentieth. Mm -hmm. So I feel a little bit on the late bus, mm -hmm. but that's okay. It's fine. There, I've been doing a lot of things. <laughs> you, we we had busy. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, after um, it's been out for, I guess what? It's like a week now. Something like that. Yes, yes. So Stephen King took to Twitter to praise the film. So now you know we got to watch it. Well, yeah. So he tweeted, run on Hulu, no extraneous bullshit, just nerve splintering terror. I love that Stephen King swears so much on his Twitter I know, account. me too. I think that's the main reason why I follow him, honestly. Because he just kind of just says whatever is on his mind. And I it's know. Great. It's, it's wonderful. <laughs> um, but it's not just uh, Stephen King out there praising the movie. In fact, it currently holds a 92% approval rating over on Rotten Tomatoes with a critic's uh, census that reads solid acting um, and expertly 
uh, ratchet tension help run transcend its familiar trappings to deliver a delightfully suspenseful thriller. That's quite the review. I was like, I think that's like the longest review I've ever heard. It's one of the longest sentences I've ever heard. Yeah, that too. (laughs) Um, So... Uh, for those of you who don't know, so the film takes place in one house and focuses mostly exclusively on two characters, Diane, which is Sarah Paulson, and her 17-year-old wheel- wheelchair-bound daughter, Chloe, a newcomer, uh, Kiera Allen. Uh, Diane raises her daughter in isolation, keeping her totally sequestered from the outside world, but when Chloe uncovers her mother's sinister secrets, everything she knows be- begins to unravel. That sounds... Oddly creepy. familiar. Well, oddly familiar, but also mega creepy. Yeah, like they took that story. What's that little girl's name? Baby Jane? Whatever no, no. Baby Jane? Oh. N- no, the, the one with the mom that had that disease. And she kept her thing in. She had a disease, but she didn't really. Isn't that like Munchausen by, yes. uh, by proxy? What was that girl's name? <laughs> is, this, are you like, is this real life or is this a No, movie? this is real life. Like she killed her mom. She, like, made her boyfriend help her kill her mom. That has happened so often. I know, I don't but know. <laughs> it was just recent. <laughs> and there was a Hulu, there was a series about it, too. Uh, I can't think of her name. I don't know. But it's if fine. So, but if somebody knows, if one of our listeners knows, please. Uh, I, I can't think of it right now, but I'll think of it, like, hours it later when we're done recording. And we'll have to mention it on the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, but that's what that reminds me of. But anyway. I can see that. Yeah. It also reminds me of whatever happened to baby Jane. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. (laughs) Also that. But anyway, but it was just because of the mom and daughter thing. But anyway. um, And so, yeah, we'll have to watch that one. Yes. Sounds wonderful. And then, um, so, some very sad news. Oh, I was very sad this morning scrolling through this. I know. So, actress and writer uh, Daria Nicolodi, uh, the former partner of Dario Argento and mother of Asia Argento has passed away. I was so sad. Yeah, she passed away in Rome, Italy at the age of 70. That's not that old. I know. She had a, she had a good life. I mean... It's not that old. She was really pretty, too. Oh, she's dropped a gorgeous. Yeah, really, really, really pretty. <laughs> um, but for those of you who don't know, uh, Daria... Uh, started in several of Dario Argento's Italian horror classics, including Deep Red, Inferno, uh, Tenebrae, Phenomena, and Opera. And then she also co-wrote the 1977 Suspiria. Deep Red is so good. And, it is. Um, Suspiria is one of my personal... The, the mm-hmm. OG. Yeah, the not, OG. Not the remake with Dakota Johnson. <laughs> The OG from the 70s, Suspiria, is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. And if you haven't seen it, you should see it. It's like... Just putting it there. People being bizarrely killed in the weirdest acid trip and glorious Technicolor. It's amazing. I love it. It's great. So, sad news. Very sad news. Um, Great legacy there. (laughs) Great legacy and... Speaking of a great legacy, Felix the Cat's going to be real happy (laughs) because his favorite monster movie series is getting a fifth installment. (laughs) So (laughs) Disney, who had acquired Fox and by extension, well, actually, Disney didn't acquire all of Fox, so they didn't acquire Fox News, but they still acquired like 80% of Fox and some of its subsidiaries. So 
Disney now owns 20th Century Studios. Uh-huh. Um, so Disney, by extension, is releasing Predator 5. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, hmm. I did like, you know, the dog thing where you <laughs> they cock their head to the side. Yeah. A, I'm like, what? I'm like, is it going to be a musical? I it, Oh my God. <gasps> <gasps> Predator musical. TM. <laughs> Copyright. <laughs> Friends, can you... Can you even imagine how great that would be? Oh, man. Oh, my God. I I was just trying to think to myself, like, okay, they have, obviously, you know, they've done really well with Marvel being attached to them. But when I saw Predator, I was like... And Star Wars. Oh, yeah, and Star Wars. I'm just, I'm very interested to see what they're going to do with this. Dude, I'm like, I'm still over here mind blown by Predator the Musical. (laughs) You're welcome. Oh my God! How do we that's, make this a thing? That's what happens when I have wine before this. Michael, Michael Eisner, come back. Who no? Who was the guy that that just recently? Bob Iger. I know you're yes, retired, Bob but, Iger. but Bob Iger, come back, come back to Disney, make a Predator musical. Yes. Anyway, Predator Five will be coming soon from director Dan Trackenberg, who also did Ten Cloverfield Lane. Oh, okay. Um, and now. The first plot details may be revealed. So according to AVP Galaxy, Predator 5 will be set in the past where it will focus around Native Americans before the territories were taken by the American settlers, featuring a First Nations cast. Oh. I know. Okay. So they put... I'm here for this. I am here for this too. So they put this together from several pieces. Uh, back in December, Trackenberg was developing a film with 20th Century Studios and Disney called Skulls. Mm. So a film also penned by Patrick Asen and produced by longtime Predator producer John Davis. So it's very likely that Skulls is Predator 5's working title and codename. Oh. Sneaky, sneaky. I like it. I'm here for Predator 5. The musical. What are you? <laughs> Music by Lynn Manuel Miranda. Oh no, no, no! I'm just joking. That's I why I said it. I haven't forgiven him for Mary Poppins Returns. I know. That's why I said it. No. <laughs> Stick to Hamilton. Stick to rewriting history. Oh man, <laughs> I just had to say that. Just funny. Anyway. Any- anyway. <laughs> In other news, the Kyoto Brothers. Alien Christmas is now, or it's actually Alien Xmas. Okay. It's, it's like X-Tina. It's Christina, <laughs> but she likes to be hardcore and say X-Tina. So, anyway. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm drinking coffee. <laughs> oh, man. You're, you're, you're getting you're, you're getting toasty, Sarah. It's been a, it's been a week. Um, so, Alien Xmas is now streaming on Netflix. And... Uh-oh. Um, one of the directors has teased that he's been in talks with the streaming giant about possibly producing a sequel to the cult classic Killer Clowns from Outer Space. It better be good. Don't you dare fuck it up. So I'm serious. This is the only clown movie I like. And oh, because it's so like camp-tastic. It, it is. I mean. But you know me and clowns. We don't get along. The kids get trapped in cotton candy. I mean, I come on. And also just eat your way out of it, kids. Come on. Yeah. Your pancreas will hate you, but do what you gotta do. I would do. probably die. Pretty <laughs> So they might as well just drink my blood from the cotton candy. <laughs> um, so Kyoto tells comicbook.com, 
Look, MGM controls killer clowns. If fans write MGM and say, where's our sequel? Where's that property? There's so many ways they can exploit this thing. It's really the fan base. We have tons of ideas to really carry through, so there will hopefully be something in the future. Um, And original Gremlins screenwriter Chris Columbus also teased that Gremlins 3 is still in the works. Ooh. Yeah, and the creatures would not be CGI. Okay. Columbus told Collider... I would love to do it. I wrote a script. So there is an existing script. We're working out some rights issues right now. Still trying to figure out when the best time to make that film would be. And I would still do it the same way. I would do it as tangible puppets, not CGI. Yeah. As long as they bring back the sexy gremlin. You know what? Um, Because technically she lived. Oh, totally. At the end of the second one. She did. And I had this idea next year. I think that's going to be my costume. Oh, I'm here for this. I just, because I have a green wig, so I have to use it. Oh, do it, do it girl. <laughs> I, uh, Jared and I talked today that we completely missed the boat on naming Binks the kitten. We should have named him Spike. Because oh, that's he's a good one. Because 100% the evil gremlin. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the way he's biting. He's at that age where he's just like, he's teething and he's a hot mess and he's running around everywhere and like peeling out of our, on our heads. And it's like, who fed this thing after midnight? Someone (laughs) fucked up. Oh, well, if he starts growing little things on the back of him after he he gets wet, then we got a problem. Little baby black mugwai. Well, we wanted to continue to share some great Spook Miss shopping vendors. And also because we are really big advocates for everybody to shop small this season. Small business. Do it. Please. I just went to Target today. You don't need to go there. For work, not for shopping. (laughs) Right. Shopping for work. Right. Not because she wanted to spend money there. (laughs) But I'm just saying. (laughs) Like. It was just too crazy, you guys. Like, is it really that serious? Like, why can't you just do Cyber Monday and just buy all your stuff then and have it shipped to your house? Don't do it, girl. It's not worth it. I was, I'm not going to do it. I was just thinking about it. I did, I did it. <laughs> I stood in line for two hours <laughs> and I got that new Xbox. Oh, dear God. <laughs> and that's now all gone. Anyway. <laughs> So So (laughs) we just want to point out that please support those who really need it uh, this year because they have been hit really, really hard Um, the most. I mean, these big companies, they've kind of been able to, to hold on, but the small businesses really need us. There are so many that are folding up. And then especially here in the U.S., if we go into another you know month-long shutdown that's being discussed which you know we probably need to do because we obviously can't be responsible on our right, own because we're all shopping on black friday and not wearing masks with lines yeah um, we're so close i, I know it's terrible <laughs> and you know because because of all this and and if something else happens if we go into another shutdown there are a lot of these businesses that were able to weather the storm on the skin of their teeth the first time but they may not be so lucky this next time yeah so Let's please reach out to them and shop with them. And you can get some really great handmade stuff. Spooky things. Yeah, specially crafted. Mm -hmm. Not like, you know, this cheap plastic stuff. Anyway. (laughs) So the first one I wanted to share, because we all know that I love my bath time. Um, Who doesn't? (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) When I can get to it. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Is Twisted Allure. This is actually a new one I found out, and I keep looking at them and actually been sharing a lot of their bath stuff on our um, Instagram stories. Uh, But they're handmade dark and twisted soaps, 
and they're cruelty free. Yay! Hooray! <laughs> so they're getting ready to launch uh, some more great like spookness items, like ornaments and shirts. But for right now, they have some great bath bomb soaps and sugar scrubs. There's one called Coal for Your Soul. Oh my god! And that's a sugar scrub. Then there's Nightmare on Elf Street, <gasps> which is a whipped soap. Yeah, get into it. I'm sorry. What was this called? One time, <laughs> Twisted Allure. Twist. Okay, I'm I'm following now. <laughs> and then also there is a hand soap because we all need to wash our damn hands. Wash your hands. <laughs> and it's called Killer Snowman. Although, what she got for my um he-man knuckles over here because i got so much aquaphor on them right now hey i was gonna say that sugar scrubs got some coconut oil i needs it and some great smells and i know you love smelling like candy there's <gasps> a lot a giant, of those i'm a giant five-year-old i love to smell mm-hmm. like candy yeah take a look that's, i know you're gonna be buying that's stuff. why the the <laughs> perfume that i use is prada's candy because it smells like fucking candy i love to smell like mm-hmm. candy it's wonderful <laughs> well and then you're gonna need some awesome spooky wrapping paper to wrap all these awesome gifts so i wanted to share a skelly paper co which i love this stuff i know those handmade bows are so damn cute um but you know she they've got great like the little handmade bows i love and then also all of the halloween wrapping paper you can think of your little heart's desire (laughs) And I would rather wrap all my Christmas gifts in that than any other wrapping paper. Because we all know how I feel about Christmas. So if I can wrap in a little dark wrapping paper, it would make me feel better. I've learned that I love, (laughs) I I don't love Christmas, but I do love decorations. Yeah. You you have it really festive in here. I do like it. It looks like Hallmark threw up inside my house. (laughs) It's a Hallmark movie in here. (laughs) But I do have a goth tree. You do. You do, and it's wonderful. Yes. I, I appreciate it very much. So, yeah, so hop on over to Skelly Paper Co. and get your creepy, spooky Christmas wrapping paper. I'm still over here on Twisted Allure. <laughs> Are you filling your inbox, right? Not inbox, your, your cart? My shopping cart? Well, they're all out of out of lotions, which is what I really need right now. But, ah, dang but, it. but now I'm looking at their, their sugar scrubs and stuff. Ooh, October 31st. Add to cart. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they, she did say that they're going to add more really, really soon. Okay, good. So you'll have to just check back. And then um, on her Instagram, they've been um, like posting when certain things are coming out. So just kind of, yeah, be on the lookout. Following. <laughs> All right. So the first one that I picked is Ghoulish Bunny Studios. <gasps> Yay! Uh, my, my dining room is... Basically nothing but ghoulish bunny prints and uh, Seven Hells and Steph Buscema. Um, I didn't realize how many prints I had until I just like rattled them off right now. But it's amazing. <laughs> but um, she, so it's run by Dane Eleven and she is a very gifted and talented artist. And she has all kinds of fun and spooky prints in various sizes. She has cards. I think she's got some stickers up there too make they make great gifts she has different horror themed prints but she also has fun spooky type things so she's got this really great little yule uh, girl that i have up in the front of my house she's also got a really great krampus oh yeah um she's got so many different fun spooky kind of yule and 
pagan and Christmas monster themed prints. So definitely uh, support her. She's got so many fun things and she's just a very wonderful lady on top of that. So do something good there. Yes. And the next one that I wanted to mention is Miss Havisham's Curiosities. Also, also amazing. Also amazing. I'm so sad that spooky conventions were canceled this year because my tradition is I stop and buy a new insult teacup from her at every convention. So whether it's Season Screamings or Monster Palooza or Midsummer Scream, I always make a trip by her table and I always pick up a new teacup. So... She's got all sorts of really fun little curiosities. She's probably most famous for her insult teacups. And I think I've got a couple. My favorite one is my teacup that says, such a nasty woman. <laughs> That's the best. Uh, because nasty women vote. Yep. Um, so that, that one's most definitely my favorite. And I actually purchased <laughs> one for a friend of ours for her Christmas gift as well. I'm not going to say because she listens to this podcast, but it's being shipped to her house. So she'll probably get it before this airs. And then she'll be like, bitch, that's me. I know it. Um, <laughs> Amazing. Um, and then she's got some super fun plates as well that are gorgeously painted. She also has some vases and little perfume bottles. She's got some. Um, oh, oh, oh. She's got all the great Krampus stuff. too. Yes. She's got these beautiful teacups and plates as well. And it's. It's worth noting that everything that she does is hand painted and then fired. So, yes, it is a little more expensive. I think the the most affordable teacups that I've purchased have been, I think, $65. And then they go up to a couple hundred dollars. But keep in mind, they are worth it. They are hand painted. They are fine china. And you can actually use them. Yep. Don't stick them in your microwave, though. Well, and just and just know that we're when we're sharing these, you know, different small businesses know that they're really working hard like and usually it's like by themselves in their garage at home so like i don't know i appreciate more stuff like that that's been handmade and got the the blood sweat and tears (laughs) of of a real business person and a real artisan yeah so please shop small this season yes Target and Amazon has, they have enough money. They have too much money. <laughs> Way too much. <laughs> was, I follow Robert Reich on Twitter and he said that um, Amazon has made $66 trillion off of this pandemic. Seriously? Yup. <laughs> I have no words. Nope. Sure don't. Oh, God. Well, and on that note. <laughs> <laughs> Less depressing topic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what are we talking about today, Brie? We are going to talk about a spooky Christmas monsters and traditions. Grr. I think we went more on the monster side, though. I'm okay with this. <laughs> because I think we, I mean, we can get into more traditions later. We got time. We got time for traditions. Yeah. I think that's in a couple weeks, right? Hmm? That's in a couple weeks. Yes. Okay. Just making sure. Or maybe like, yeah, a couple weeks. Or next week. (laughs) (laughs) We swear we we check our um, schedule. We check our schedule. We just also have very (laughs) stressful jobs. Yes. So anyway, (laughs) you'll understand. (laughs) Yes. Um, Well, should I go first? Yeah, man. Okay. Well, the first one I want to talk about is Frau Perchta. Yay! I just like that Frau. (laughs) 
get my my horrible German accent. Um, <laughs> but anyway, this story uh, is told in Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. Oh. But also, um, there is kind of a little resemblance uh, to the Scandinavian goddess Frigga. Yes. Yeah, so I just wanted to point that out. Anyway, <laughs> so Frau Perchta was also known as Birchta or Bertha and also has been called Spins. <laughs> I was practicing this. Let me get it right. Okay, Spins to Frau. That is a mouthful. Yeah. Or Spinning Room Lady. Oh, that's. That's what it translates to. I dig it, yo. For us American people. <laughs> Um, but she is uh, often depicted with a beaked nose made of iron, dressed in rags, perhaps carrying a cane, um, and generally resembles a decrepit old crone. But this old crone packs a mighty wallop and carries a long knife hidden under her skirt, just like me. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? I'm like, I, I am this woman. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but... Um, so, like I said, she, you know, bears a resemblance to the Scandinavian goddess Frigga, and both of them shared one obsession in common, spinning, and more specifically, and domestic needless. It's worth noting, like, spinning on a spinning wheel, not oh, yes. like they not go, just- not like they go to Soul Cycle down in Malibu. <laughs> That's definitely not it. <laughs> Well, because every time I say something about spinning, like, oh, like a spin class? Like, no, 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 no not like even spinning close. wheel, like in Sleeping Beauty. Right? And <laughs> yes, yes. Like old school people. Right? <laughs> for those, you know, for like those youngins out there. Making thread and stuff and yarn and the, you know, that stuff. I'm so glad I never had to learn that. I, I appreciate those who did. I'm just glad I don't have to. <laughs> it seems very hard that I wouldn't like it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm really glad that I was born in the time that I am, that I'm in. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> but, so, uh, Frau Perchta is actually pretty judgy about the state of your home uh, for a woman who dresses all in rags. It's really funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but legend has it uh, that you'd better get all your flax spun by Twelfth Night, which is January 6th. Uh, for when the Christmas season is over, it would be time to set Twelfth up... Night is January. Oh, 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 it's, oh my God, I'm so stupid. It's legit the 12th day after Christmas. I was like, How's, how, January 6th, how does that configure? I'm sorry. I hope you keep this in. Oh. I haven't marked it yet. Yeah, good. I'm just going to be real apologetic. I went to college, I promise. It's fine. It Again, it's been a very long week. It's really not Even fine. though we had like... Well, you had a break. I didn't really have a break. I didn't have a break. I deal with my family. Oh, that, well, but you also had to work on your days off, too. I did have to work on my days so, off. It's understandable. <laughs> That's why there's wine. My brain melted. <laughs> but, so, you have to get all your flax spun by Twelfth Night. For when the Christmas season was over, it would be time to set up the big upright loom at which time you must have enough thread to wrap it and start your weaving. Mm-hmm. She's she's punctual. <laughs> <laughs> and what's Frau Perchta's punishment for those lazy ladies who haven't finished all their weaving? In Germany, 
Austria and Switzerland, there were numerous tales of Frau Perchta trampling and even uh, setting fire to the half spun <gasps> fibers. Oh, shit. Yeah, she's for real. She's she like, didn't, you didn't finish didn't, this? She didn't fuck around. She's like, bitch, I'm about to burn your shit down. She pulled a Lisa Left Eye Lopez <laughs> and will burn your whole house down. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Can I leave that in? Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Lisa, That's burn so the great. house down. But wait, it gets worse. <laughs> what? <laughs> and if you should really irritate her, <laughs> like say not only is your flax not spun but your house is a total mess and you've even failed to leave out a traditional bowl of porridge for her <laughs> like never mind i'm not even just love porridge <laughs> i'm not even gonna get on the porridge <laughs> well then her rampaging will extend far beyond <laughs> your spinning room she'll do nothing less than steal into your bedroom disembowel you and replace your guts with rocks and straw oh my god she's so lovely i would really like to meet her oh my god <laughs> it's so great that's so dark it's <laughs> so great that's so dark <laughs> other legends equate frau perchta with the legend of the wild hunt and say that she flies through the night sky uh, attended by an army of lost souls uh, including the demonic-looking Perchton, her army of servants who are visually nearly indistinguishable from Krampus, actually. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the only way to know for sure is context, but Krampus rides around, rides abroad at St. Nicholas Eve, uh, while the Perchton tend more toward uh, Epiphany, and the last three Thursdays before Christmas, also known as uh, I'm going to mess this up, sorry, Birchtel, <laughs> Birchtel Nights or Knocking Nights. Also um, among her army of the night are the souls of unbaptized children. Oh, I know. That's a little sad. And I don't mm -hmm. even like kids. <laughs> <laughs> As this legend has it, if you hear the wind and thunder roaring and rumbling through the mountains on the Birchtel nights, you're really hearing the sounds of Birchta leading the wild hunt. Yikes. She's she's she hardcore. She a bad bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another uh, one of Frau Perchta's names is is Holly, a winter goddess whose name means shining or bright, which is like total opposite of what I just uh, talked about. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Hence her association with Epiphany, the shining night on which the star of Bethlehem shone, is shone down. Um, her dual nature is expressed in the fact that there are both evil or ugly Perchton and pretty Perchton, both of whom you might find in a typical uh, Perchton loft or Perchton run in the Alpine regions of Europe. The pretty Perchton are well and good, but honestly, I mean, you can all just be a bigger fan of all the evil <laughs> people. <laughs> Mm. At least I am. <laughs> uh, so this January 6th, instead of bemoaning the fact that Christmas is over, why not celebrate Perchentog by telling your kids they better clean up their rooms or Frau Perchta will come and disembowel them in the night? Little did I know that my whole adult life, being a neat freak, I've been preparing myself or preventing Frau Perchta from coming and disemboweling me. Good job. I did not leave her any porridge, though. I'm going to, like, try to get started because... <laughs> she, she's gonna kill me you got some time <laughs> so that is frau perchta it's just dark 
Mm-hmm. It was real dark. Yeah. We're going to need like to go. <laughs> I'm going to go roll around in some glitter ornaments. After yes, this episode. For real. <laughs> Burning sage again. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, the first one that I picked is it's definitely identifiable based on a very specific not quote unquote monster, but a very specific skull that follows this tradition. But it is, it is an actual tradition, native mostly to Wales, oh. and this is Mari Lewid. Oh, so and and I actually uh, learned a lot from this because you know that um, song, the "Here We Come, a Wassailing Among the yes. Leaves So Green." Okay, so they were going around asking for booze. <laughs> really i didn't know what that's what that meant that's, i did not either i am about to tell you friend <laughs> i'm i'm excited right so uh, around christmas and new year's eve welsh families might find themselves challenged by a decorated horse or a similar animal skull waiting for them on their doorstep Mm. So this horse skull is usually adorned with very colorful ribbons and bells. And this equine image of death has an especially ghostly appearance thanks to the white sheet draped over the person carrying it. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. And as revelers sing and parade on this head on a stick around the neighborhood, doors open to meet the morbid white horse in battle, specifically a battle of wits through poetry. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So this is Mari Lewid, a midwinter pagan tradition whereby celebrants earn food and drink only after dominating a poetry slam fronted by a skeletal face. Okay. Right? Isn't this cool? Um, <laughs> this is really cool. It's like goth poetry slams. <laughs> I like this. I'm, I'm, I'm so here for this. Um, so... Despite often being associated with Christmas, Mari Lewitt is actually a pre-Christian tr- uh, practice. And in fact, some Welsh regions chose to parade their horse skulls through town for other holidays, such as Halloween or May Day. Yeah. So though the tradition's exact origins are a little murky, the image of this white horse skull has been a powerful symbol in the UK for the last 3,000 years. And... This is where the the begging for booze comes in. So this practice also incorporates the centuries-old tradition of wassailing, which is from the Middle English term, be in health. And wassail was originally a sugared and spiced drink of mulled ale, curdled cream, ew, roasted (laughs) apples. (laughs) Like, just throw it out. That sounds so gross. (laughs) Just throw it out. Um, Roasted (laughs) apples and eggs. So those who partook in sharing a huge bowl of this boozy mixture were wassailing. And the term has evolved to describe the custom of begging for booze around Christmas, a time when poor merrymakers expected generosities that would usually be denied. So they'd arrive on the, at the doorsteps of wealthier neighbors and ask to drink from the wassailing bowl or have their own bowl filled. Modern Welsh wassailing isn't class-based, but the end goal remains the same. Uh, Wasslers earn an invitation to come in by proving themselves through a back-and-forth rhyming battle with residents. And once inside, traditional cakes and ale are served all around. That sounds like so much fun. That's Mari Lewid. Slam poetry, horse skulls, ribbons and shit. 
Can we have and a Mari Lewis party? Hey, I'm. I'll go down to my neighbor's house, the guy that's got the million Trump flags still up, and <laughs> like, just give him a drink. Feel like you need this more than me. <laughs> just buy him a big bottle of whiskey. <laughs> You're gonna survive. <laughs> You'll be fine. You can take the flags down now. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'll uh, start my next one a little bit on a lighter note. Kind of. Ish. Okay, a, you know how I feel about this. I know. But I had to talk about it. Because it's kind of cute. But you know, fine. also, I don't like it either. But anyway. I know, I know. And it's The Legend of the Christmas Spider. Mm-hmm. Which I would have never thought was a thing. But it's a cute story. Anyway. <laughs> fucking spider. <laughs> so the legend of the Christmas spider is an Eastern Europe uh, folktale which explains the origin of tinsel on Christmas trees. Mm-hmm. And now I don't want to put tinsel up. Just to be honest. <laughs> Same. Uh, it is most uh, prevalent in Western Ukraine, where small ornaments in the shape of a spider are traditionally a part of the Christmas decorations. Not mine. Mm-mm. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> so here's kind of like the short version of the story, because I saw like online, there's like people writing these like beautiful, like, you know, calligraphy pages and i was like oh i could read that i'm like no it's okay it's a spider we don't need to get that deep (laughs) (laughs) it's a spider you guys we we both don't like spiders no not not even but i just thought it was something interesting to share anyway it's cute (laughs) so the story goes uh a poor but hard-working widow once lived in a small hut with her children one summer day a pine cone fell on the earthen floor of the hut and took root Uh, The widow's children cared for the tree, excited at the prospect of having a Christmas tree by winter. The tree grew, but when Christmas Eve arrived, they could not afford to decorate it. The children sadly went to bed and fell asleep. Well, anyway. (laughs) Um, Early the next morning, they woke up and saw the tree covered with cobwebs. Mm -hmm. Hence the tinsel difference yeah when they opened the windows the first rays of sunlight touched the webs and turned them into gold and silver the widow and her children were overjoyed and then from then on they they never lived in poverty again thanks little spider in the tree you made it pretty some charlotte's web shit right there (laughs) the real message was i'm gonna bite you in your sleep right <laughs> and fill you with poison and you'll die yeah exactly but so that is why uh people mostly put tinsel on their tree i just put it on there because i thought it looks pretty i didn't know it had to do with the spider you know i used to do tinsel on trees when i was a kid mm-hmm. um and then as an adult i realized what a bitch it is to get yep. off your tree mm-hmm. and i no longer do it yeah nope i have one two three four five six <laughs> six trees up seven seven technically if you yeah ain't nobody got time for that no i'm like they're too no not doing it yeah so but i just thought it was just cute. it's a cute little story yeah a cute little story but other versions uh replace the sunlight with a miracle from father christmas santa claus or the child jesus <laughs> sweet little baby jesus <laughs> Real eight pound nine ounce baby jesus <laughs> 
and uh, tells the story primarily from the perspective of the spiders who wish to see the Christmas tree. That's okay. We don't want to hear the spider side. Uh, <laughs> I'm so mean to the spider. I'm going to wake up and there's going to be a big fat spider on me now. Oh, no. Don't speak <laughs> it into existence. No. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. Um, but the origins of the uh, folktale are, are unknown, but they say... Mostly it's uh, come from either Germany or the Ukraine. In Germany, Poland, and Ukraine, finding a spider or a spider's web on a Christmas tree is considered good luck. I consider it burnt. Right? (laughs) If you miss it, it's stuck in that tree. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, but um, Ukrainians also create small Christmas tree ornaments in the shape of a spider, um, also known as... I'm gonna I'm gonna mess this up. Pavuchki. That sounds plausible. Yay! But it literally means little spiders. Ugh. <laughs> and they're usually made of paper and wire. Uh, they also decorate uh, Christmas trees with artificial spider webs. The tradition of using the tinsel is also said, you know, because a little story with a little spider webs everywhere. <laughs> but um, according to uh, Labau, I'm gonna screw up his last name, Wally Nets, uh, folk art creator at Ukrainian Museum, New York City. The tradition is Ukrainian and dates back to the late 1800s or early 1900s. Um, it's also based on basically, like, if you, it's also based on the bringing, you know, good luck, but also. Uh, conversely, that it is bad luck to destroy a spider's web before the spider is safely out of the way. Oh, that explains so much of my life. Yep. (laughs) So, I guess spiders are good luck? Beg to differ. Yeah. Anyway, that's the Christmas tree spider. Well done. Thanks. You took a nasty topic and... I try to make it nice, but I still would burn the tree down. Yep. Pretty much. Yep. <laughs> it's fine. 2020 has been bad. <laughs> right? Pretty much. Um, well, the next one that I picked is Grilla and the Yule Cat. Yay! I've been waiting Iceland. to hear this story. Oh, because who better than to, to discuss the story of the Yule Cat than the person with five regular cats? <laughs> Exactly. There are so many cats. And a dog who is the size of a cat. So really, there's six. <laughs> this is great. No, man. Okay, so this this legend uh, is predominantly from Iceland, but also manifests in other Scandinavian cultures. So in terms of destructive powers, there is one cat that tops all of his feline kin. And uh, for those of you that don't think that cats are destructive at Christmas time, you have obviously never put up a Christmas tree in your house <laughs> and had young cats because it's, <laughs> let me tell you how much fun that is. Oh, boy. Um, Dick, I got two parts of that first tree up and Binks was already in the middle of it. <laughs> Zero time flat. Um, so... <laughs> This cat, whose name I'm going to butcher, and I'm actually full transparency, I'm going to butcher most of the names in this because they're Scandinavian and they have the little umlau and accents all over their names. So, to our listeners in Scandinavian countries, my most profound apologies. I am not trying to butcher this. Yeah, we really do try to get it right. <laughs> yes. So, I'm so sorry in advance. So, the cat's proper name is 
Jola Couturin, I believe, or something along those lines. Please, somebody phonetically tell me the proper way. Yes. Um, So this is the Christmas cat of Iceland. And according to legends, the Christmas or Yule cat is a monstrously huge black cat that only appears at Christmas Eve. When little children are sound asleep, dreaming of the glitter of Christmas and what marvelous gifts are going to lie under the tree. Um, So, unfortunately, if there are no colorful new clothes among these gifts, the innocent little ones, instead of feasting on the Christmas banquet the next day, will become feasted on by the Yule Cat. Oh. Most of these stories I'm I'm learning are just um, ways to terrify children into being good. Mm -hmm. And I am all about it. No one is quite sure where the Yule Cat belief comes from, um, but what has made the cat universally famous is perhaps a poem written by Johannes Urkotlum, who was a Scandinavian author, the beginning of which was cited at um, the start of this little post that I read. So I was I actually got this from Atlas Obscuria, and they have this really terrible description of this Yule Cat. It's it's pretty gnarly. So I highly suggest everybody go to Atlas Obscuria and read up on <laughs> They've it. They've got some great stuff. Oh my gosh, I love it so hard. <laughs> um, and they actually describe the cat as being quote unquote trollish in nature. Okay. Um, and in Scandinavian folklore, witches and wizards often conjure up a creature called troll cat using various disgusting ingredients such as dead man's nails and bones to oh. do their biddings. Lovely. Uh, right? Shamans may also take up a feline body. And there was actually another author named Newt Strompdahl, who once recorded a story collected from another part of Norway that a Finn takes the form of a huge black cat to inquire after the family of a specific higher hand in another part of Norway. And as a token, the black cat stole a silver, a silver spoon from his homestead. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. and, and then there's also a monster called the Nightmare, which is a succubus-ish mare. Um, like a female horse. Got for it. those that don't know. M-A-R-E. <laughs> mare. Ah, um um, so this the nightmare may also disguise herself as a cat when invading people's homes and the logic is probably that cats are common as domestic animals and they are also nimble and quiet enough to steal into buildings and chambers and also kitty cats are nocturnal if you don't believe me listen to my hallway at 2 a.m it sounds like the damn 405 freeway it's pretty bad It's zooming up and down like, guys, go to sleep. (laughs) No, it's zoomy time, mom. Yeah. It's Um, one o'clock in the morning. Right? (laughs) Wee! (laughs) (laughs) So as far as the Yule Cat is concerned, uh, he is associated with a special group of supernatural beings. The central figure is Gorilla, who mm -hmm, who may be understood as a dark, twisted version of Santa Claus. Oh. In post-medieval Icelandic folklore, Grilla is a terrifying ogress or troll woman who mothered the 13 Yule lads. That's a lot of lads. (laughs) No wonder she's so mean. (laughs) Right? No wonder she pissed. Um, So she comes from her mountainous abode each Christmas Eve and striding side by side with the Yule cat devours naughty children. 
The origin of Grilla is almost as obscure as the Yule Cat, but it is apparently rooted in the Middle Ages and even beyond. Although the word troll is extremely vague and does not constitute a single species, there's a consensus about certain troll characteristics. They're always hideous, inhumanely strong, lustful, dad not heard that one, and cannibalistic. It is almost a literary trope in sagas that heroes are tempted by troll wives and are constantly advised against either sleeping or sharing food with them. So by the 17th century, the tradition of Grilla has become tied to that of the Yule Lads, a much milder version of Grilla, but still a lot more mischievous than Santa. So the tradition goes back to ancient times and is believed to come from East Iceland. They were much nastier back then and perhaps sharing the same dark nature with their reputed mother and other trollish creatures. But nowadays they have also they have almost become nice, especially when compared to Grilla and the cat. For a start, they have stopped eating children. Zero fun. They still punish children, though, if they're naughty. But the most severe thing they can come up with now is putting rotten veggies into their socks. <laughs> and good children are even rewarded with fitting gifts. Oh, well, that's so lovely. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that is the story of Grilla, the Yule Cat, and the Yule... Well, some of the Yule Lads. A little light smattering <laughs> the Yule of lads. Yule Lads. It's going to be the next um, all-male review. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye, Thunder Down Under. <laughs> Copyright. <laughs> if somebody uses that, you better pay me. TM. <laughs> Um, so some more, um, anti-Santa figures <laughs> in history, uh, Hans Trapp. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's going to be my next one. <laughs> uh, coming from, so Hans Trapp is another little scary holiday figure, uh, from the French German border region of, I'm, I'm probably going to say this wrong and my French teacher is going to like slap me. Um, Alsace-Lorraine. I feel like the other one is pronounced another way, but Lorraine, I know I'm saying right. <laughs> anyway, um, legend tells how Trap began as a wealthy man, but greedy and evil. He was so rotten that he was excommunicated by the Catholic Church and sold his soul to Satan. So lovely. Yikes. Uh, so beyond redemption, uh, Trap was exiled to the forest. But still, his evil was felt, disguising himself as a scarecrow. By stuffing straw into his clothing, he began to prey on children. There's a there's a running theme here. Right? <laughs> Sucks to be a kid. <laughs> so glad I'm an adult now. Other than for Frau Perchta. We made it! <laughs> yeah, just just gotta watch out for Frau. She's gonna come for us if we don't clean. <laughs> Probably. Um. So, the legend says... Hans Trapp was about to eat a small boy he had captured when God, fed up uh, of his evil doing, killed him with a bolt of lightning. However, this was not the end of Hans Trapp. He continued to roam the earth dressed as a scarecrow. Like Krampus, Hans Trapp teamed up with St. Nicholas, but to earn redemption. While St. Nicholas awarded presents to the, the virtuous, Hans Trapp tries to persuade naughty children to mend their ways and be virtuous unlike him. Yeah. <laughs> so uh unlike krampus uh hans trap has its origins of a historical personage uh hans von troth 
a two meter high uh but those of you who don't know that's 6.5 feet <laughs> i just for those of us in the states yeah i just want to know <laughs> um he was a late 15th century german knight with a terrible reputation uh von troth had lands and castles on the german side uh, of the border with france and was a thorough nuisance to church or to the church excuse me <laughs> and um a he was also involved in a land dispute with a uh, local a local abbot. Um, as part of the feud, he was ordered uh, the uh, Weislauter wait yes Weislauter River blocked, depriving the nearby town of Weisenberg of its water supply. He's so nice. Oh, jeez. <laughs> When the abbot complained, von Troth uh, petulantly tore down the dam, flooding Weisenberg and destroying its economy. Eek! He's so nice. <laughs> In 1491, von Troth even managed to get himself excommunicated after the same a- uh, abbot complained about him to the Pope. Oh, shit, we took it to the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> took it all the way to the Pope. And Von Troth uh, insolently refused to go to Rome to give an account of his be- behavior. He's like, I don't care about you guys. This this is how it is. Deal with it. <laughs> so, uh, Von Troth's sinister appearance, destructive behavior, and excommunication from the church all became mixed up in the myth. And after his death led to the creation of Hans Trapp as a warning to children on how not to live their lives. I feel like that's kind of like all these stories. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but however, the end of the real Hans Trapp was no gruesome mystery for Hans von Trapp died quietly at home of natural causes in his castle. That's how I want to live. I mean, I'm telling you, Enya's goals. <laughs> Living in a castle as a millionaire with your nine cats. I feel like he was so terrible, but yet he still was like cool living up in his castle. And then that's where he died. I mean, you know. So you better look out for Hans Trapp. He's hanging out with St. Nicholas, trying to reel you in. You better, better watch out. <clears throat> They're not crying. Mm-hmm. Hans Trapp is coming for you. Mm-hmm. Also, One, Frau Perchta and... <laughs> All of them. <laughs> Pretty much every single one that we talked about. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, that's Hans Trapp. Well done. Thanks. Well, the next one I picked comes from France. Ooh. And this is Père Foutard. So, Very good. Right. Well, you know. <laughs> I signed up for that, uh, not Babel. What's the other one? Rosetta Stone had that deal, the Black Friday deal, all year long for everybody bored and quarantine where you could uh learn unlimited languages for life for like 200 bucks i need to do that i did it i mean i haven't learned unlimited language that's not what i meant but i bought (laughs) the subscription how many languages did you learn (laughs) that was like um the the og version of the set the shaggy dog when she's um the gals speak in french to the the kid that lives next door and she's like how many languages do you speak and he holds up his finger (laughs) <laughs> one um anyway i have good intentions and i'm trying um so anyway across europe traditions that have monstrous beings accompanying saint nicholas on his rounds either as a mismatched buddy cop movie pairings type role um <laughs> or as standalone villains such as 
Frau Perchta and uh, the Yule Cat. Like mobsters doing their bosses' burnt, dirty work, Krampus and Le Père Futard set out into the cold, cold December night to deal with the kids who have been naughty. Oh, boy. Again, kids, be good. Listen to your parents. <laughs> Even if they don't know everything, they know everything, and they definitely know more than you do. Yep. So listen to them. <laughs> They're more likely to deck the halls with Holly's bowels than with bowels of ho- bows of Holly. So, <laughs> That's so great. Forget kindly elves, a jolly fat man with a great big bushy beard, a red nosed reindeers, and magical sleighs. Children are given a choice, presents or sound beating with a bag of ashes. Oh. As one strand of the tale goes anyway. So if you've given too much lip to your folks over the year or you don't say your prayers, again, kids listen to your parents they definitely know more than you do it's possible (laughs) an evisceration is all you've got to look forward to oh my gosh i know this is dark oh so as uh, coercion tactics go it's better than the carrot and stick method this one basically terrifies you into being good like so many other tales that we've talked about so in norpa de calais lorraine and southern belgium on the night of the 5th of December, St. Nicholas leaves chocolates and sweets in the shoes of the ones who have said their prayers, been good to their parents, and done their homework all year round. Really? Homework? That's it? My uh, uh, Side note, when I saw my um, family a couple weeks ago for a socially distant birthday for my nephew that turned one, I, it was actually last week. Time's just a social construct at this point. Um, <laughs> I asked my nephew who just started school he started kindergarten earlier this year and he turned six on new year's day asked him what his favorite part of school was he told me homework like wow you're lying it's cute though anyway (laughs) um so to the kids that were good and did their homework all year round while krampus and black peter have been featured in some recent films the story of le père futard is a whole other level of crazy and vicious not many seasonal tales center on cannibalism and fantasize and zombie kids, but this one does. Oh my god. So, does a creepy figure with a creepier name, the name Herr Futard translates to Father Whipper. <laughs> oh my god. So how does yeah, how does this guy fit into the St. Nicholas tradition? So, there are several origin stories that have become popularized. One is this is fairly, you know, true and then the other is perhaps not true but has roots in a 16th century tradition um and on a medieval siege in the eastern city of metz both of these theories are medieval in origin so the first which starts to be told around 1150 a.d involves an evil butcher who kidnapped three lost children murdered them by slitting their throats and carved the meat up and put it into a salting tub okay hey parents i hope that you aren't having your kids listen to this episode in the car and carpool day i'm just i should have given that disclaimer at the end (laughs) sorry (laughs) or at the beginning um so instead uh uh, sorry saint nicholas actually turned up at the door and the butcher attempted to ingratiate himself to his saintly visitor by offering him his best meat <clears throat> instead saint nicholas resurrected the boys from the dead and sent them back to their parents seeing an opportunity for the butcher to repent for his sins the butcher became father whipper a sort of eternal servant who basically ask, acts as the bad cop to saint nicholas's good cop wow i know so 
another <laughs> interesting variant on Father Whipper relates to the 1552 and 1553 siege of Metz, part of the war between Francis Henry II and the Holy Roman Empire. So the fighting lasted for eight years, and during the festive period, locals decided to burn an effigy of the Holy Roman Empire, Charles V, Emperor, sorry, Charles V, and dragged it through the streets. A group of tanners created the Father Whipper character and based his physical appearance on the burnt effigy. Gosh. So why the, the Marquis de Sade name like Father Whipper? Le Père Futard is often depicted or described as a disheveled looking brute in black robes, either a black or red beard who carries a marionette, which is a scourge style. Oh, no, no. Marionette. I'm so sorry. Martinet. <laughs> I'm like, there are not enough T's in this word. Yes. I'm reading my notes, which is a scourge style whip, um, ready to dole out beatings to naughty kids. I'm here for this. Um, So he looks something from a real life horror movie and is very much the stuff of nightmares. But really, it's the idea of not getting gifts from St. Nicholas, which is the overriding emotion. Imagine how left out you'd feel if you got a lump of coal and all your friends are in the grip of a sweet sugar rush. I'd be real sad. Mm-hmm. So, you better watch out. Toe the line. Say your prayers. Be good to your parents. And you'll be rewarded. If not, you may run into Father Whipper. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I know. Crazy town, right? This is getting real dark in here. It's going to be... Uh... It's getting dark in here. So talk about all your Christmas monsters. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. No, it was real bad. We're also copy- we're copywriting that as well. TM. <laughs> um, Nelly, you get no money. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that is our show for today. Whoop whoop. And hopefully, we didn't um, take away all your Christmas spirits. <laughs> I need to go watch Dolly Parton's uh, Cavity Sweet Christmas on the Square. <laughs> I'm gonna go watch um, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, like the claymation, or something happy. I don't know. Or the Year Without a Santa Claus. I love that one. Oh yeah, that's good. he's Mister White Christmas. He's <laughs> Mister Snow. Oh, those are so great. He's Gotta watch Mr. the classics. I wish they were Sickle. spooky so that we can talk about them here, but we can't because <laughs> they're not. But I, I mean, it's it's spooky how bad the claymation is, but I mean, there is that. Yeah, man. I mean, I guess maybe yep, we got time. <laughs> 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 but um, just want to put another note out there: don't forget to shop small, but also check out our merch store. Yes! Oh my God! Yeah, we've got stocking <laughs> stuffers. Well, I just got real excited about that. Sorry. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm like, hey, yeah, we're a small business. <laughs> yes, we are. We got some good stuff too. We got fanny packs. <laughs> so great. I'm a small business. <laughs> Get our fanny packs, our t-shirts, our tank tops. Masks. Got, oh, yes, masks. Very important. We have masks. Uh, we also have tote bags that you need because you don't need those plastic bags oh yeah like if you live in a place like we do where you're not supposed to have well you can have plastic bags but they you just have to pay you, you have yeah, to pay for them 10 cents Which i mean it's not a shouldn't. lot but they're bad for the environment i mean and they say that goes to schools but i feel like that's not true 
I mean, it's someone like, correct me if I'm wrong, please, because I just feel like schools ain't getting enough money. <laughs> but that's oh just, my god, that's just me. Like, if my ten cents per bag went to a school, I'd be like, I'd feel better about doing it. But I feel like it's not. I just feel like it's not working. No, I agree. But anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. Shout out to the (laughs) teachers right now that are doing virtual learning. Y'all are doing the Lord's work. You really are. We love you. We're here for you. We support you. Yes. We love teachers. We love you guys a lot because Mm -hmm. I couldn't do it. Except my 10th grade English teacher. She was terrible. (laughs) She was not doing the Lord's work. No. mean (laughs) but yeah so check out our merch store please yes please do and get our stuff um visit our website www.thesquadghouls.com um you can contact us there if you would like to send us feedback your fun spooky stories if you have fun spooky christmas traditions we would love to hear about them you can fill out the contact form on our website or you can email us. Our email address is thesquadghouls at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Instagram and like us on the Facebook. Yes. And make sure you subscribe and rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, that too. I forgot that part. Oh, yeah. Yeah, do that part. Creep it real. And we'll scare you later. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.